0: You're looking crafty. Crafty, crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils uh, and foam. You sure looking happy. happy,
1: happy. Hello. Hello. Hi.
0: And welcome, to Stitchcraft Podcast. Lucky number
1: twenty-eight. I mean, I don't um, know. Who lucky for but us, I, say I suppose. Lucky
0: every, I say lucky every number. I don't know if you play the lottery. <laughs> well as I was saying, my name's Miranda. I'm Island. (laughs) And we're trying a new recording method today, so cool. (laughs) I'm sure it'll go really well. It's going fantastic. (laughs) And I can tell that our animals are also just having a great old time with this new process as they, uh, my cat barfed in my bedroom. So that's cool. Here we are.
1: (laughs) My cat also vomited several times today. Uh, to let me know how she feels about the weather.
0: (laughs) This is how I feel. (laughs) If only, if only that was uh, how we dealt with things at work. (laughs) I need to talk to my boss. What about, (laughs) this is is my my feeling.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like there would be far less uh, passive aggressive translation problems. It would just be like, this is how it is.
0: Absolutely. I think that um there's also no hiding as far as like there's like to your point of passive aggression, um passive aggressiveness. It's more of a uh she wears her heart or her barf on her shirt, you know, like that's not her heart on her sleeve, it's a barf on her shirt. That's how she's feeling.
1: Yeah. We're in
0: trouble around this around this conversation. Um she hates costing, she's the worst. <laughs> Anyway, let's just go ahead and giggle it up. What's in your cup? Uh
1: well, yeah, we're just going to dive right in and just do this thing. <laughs> um so like done- I am what? <laughs> like we've done it before. I know, right? It has been a while and many many apologies because uh it was there's just been a lot of work stuff and then, then I got sick. I had a cold. It's not like I had a very serious illness. Like, let's just be frank. Like, I was not dying. I did not go to the hospital. I did not have any need for medications. I was just feeling like crap. It happens sometimes. Um, But thank you for your patience. And we're back. And uh, we will do this as often as we can. We're going to keep aiming for that every two weeks. And hopefully, no more viruses. (laughs) So hopeful, said the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, hope springs eternal. Um, okay, so I am having a session need. So this is from mm, a place that's name I'm going to butcher. Ooh, it's
0: blue, bloom. Ooh. Should re- we should research that because I know what umlauts do, but I don't know what that line do.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going (laughs) to spell it for the audience, B-L-O with a diagonal line through it, M, and maybe it's Blum, maybe it's bloom. I don't think it's, well, whatever. I don't know the answer is the the short short way of saying it, Um, but this is a meadery in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Um, and they make... I think they probably make a wide variety of types of mead, but the kinds of mead that you can buy from them online are what they call session meads. So normally when you drink a mead, it's pretty high gravity. Usually it's pretty high alcohol because it is a fermented honey, fermented honey wine type thing. And so I think the um, ABV tends to be in like the 10 to 12 range, and you can get some higher than that as well. Um, but the way that they make their mead, their mead is on the order of five to 6%. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely not as, um, like when I've had mead in the past, I haven't really enjoyed it very much because it tends to be kind of, um, thick. Uh, it's a little on the
0: syrupy side for sure. Yes.
1: Yes. And so, um, it ends up... being both thick and often very sweet and i sometimes find that a little bit too much like it's a little cloying Um, but these ones are um just a very different type of experience than i've had with mead before so the mead the one that i'm having right now is called the gin botanical so they have um the last time i bought their stuff online i got um They're standard. They have this gin botanical, um, apple sizer, and then they have a fourth one that's uh, hopped. And I couldn't get the hopped one. That one wasn't available. So I got the other three flavors. And um, they are all, they have some sweetness to them. They smell like honey um, with more floral and herbal notes to them in the scent. And then it drinks kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a cross between a light beer and a cider. Mm. So it's like light and crisp. The mouthfeel is very much like a light beer, um, but then it's got more of that meaty sort of, not meaty, M-A-E, <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not meaty. It is mead-y. So it's got that sort of um, fermented honey flavor in it, but without being as thick. So I like them. I think they're really nice. Um, They are just a little unusual. They're just not like you wouldn't come across. I've never come across this anyplace else. And I'm sure it's done someplace else. I'm sure there's something that I don't know about, like some producer that I don't know about. But this was the first time I've ever heard of a session mead. And um, I enjoy it.
0: I would say that I I have not seen a canned mead anywhere. Like I've seen bottles of mead mm-hmm. because it's almost treated like a wine on mm-hmm. uh, a lot of places, or again, like a really high gravity beer, like in small batches. So yeah, I don't think of it as something that you would have with uh, a lower um, percentage like that and in a can. So it's kind of, it's a bringing me to the masses because I feel like a lot of people might hurt themselves normally.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the other thing I would say about this is um, they have a tasting room in Ann Arbor, which I haven't had a chance to go to. So I don't know what it's like, but I've had several friends um, who have been there and really like it. Um, and they're, let's see here, the description on this particular one. So this is like I said, it's the gin botanical and it's called season two. So I'm assuming that they had several batches that they made of different flavors. So like the first one might've been their standard. And the second one was the gin botanical and so on from there. Um, and so on their can, it tells you um, what they think you might get out of it. They're tasting notes. So this one says tropical fruit and grass breezy. Um, I would definitely agree with the grass. I don't think I get so much breezy. Tropical, fr- uh, yeah, breezy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it can be breezy unless it makes me gassy. But it's um, which it could. I don't know. Um, the night but- is
0: young. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true. Um, but yeah, as far as tropical fruit goes, I'm not really getting like. Mango, papaya, dragon fruit, jackfruit. I'm not getting that kind of thing from it, but you know, maybe when I if maybe if I were to drink it with a bunch of other meads, I would get those notes from it, but just straight, I'm not. Grass, definitely, which I like. I really like herbal, um, grassy mineral flavors and things. And then they also have a little um I know what you call it, like a little um, it's not a graph, it's like a continuum on the back that says from dry to sweet, and this is very far on the dry side, which I like. And it says it's made with Michigan honey, water, yeast, and seasonal gin botanicals from Ann Arbor Distilling Company. And Ann Arbor Distilling Company makes some of my most favorite gins. So if they're using the gin botanicals from those, that might explain why I think this is delightful. Um, And its uh, they say it's naturally gluten-free, which obviously it's honey. So there's no gluten, anything in there. Um, And they also point out that because this is a a product made from honey, obviously it's very dependent on what the bees were eating at the time when they made the honey. So there's going to be variation in the flavors of the honey, depending on what the bees were eating. And also depending on the um, flavors of the botanical items that they were putting in the gin for that season. So I'm not sure um, if this is the summer gin. So Ann Arbor Distilling Company makes seasonal gins. They make one for each season and that changes every year. So you're not going to get the exact same gin, even if you buy the winter gin every single time and it's the same style of gin, it will not taste the same from year to year. So I don't know... Actually, I should check to see if there is a, here's some, here's something that I didn't know until one of my friends told me, um, when you get something from a, uh, microbrewery and maybe this, maybe huge breweries do this too. They have like a canned on date. Uh, this can was canned on June 20th of 2018. So this would have been from the spring gin botanicals. Very cool yeah and then the other thing i will add while we because since we know this is stitch craft and we talk about the craft of things i am drinking it out of a glass that was from a fundraiser that a friend of mine ran in new york city um acrea so it it was a a fundraiser for um i want to say um an aids foundation in new york city and this was a set of glasses, like a set of seasonal glasses. So they're frosted glass and then they have sayings on the outside. And this one says, it's winter and the sky is grayish, you okay-ish, me okay-ish. Ooh. And the, um, this is made in 2002 from House of Leibowitz It's called the House of Libowitz Dribble Collection the official candy-ass four-season highballs for Acrea Unframed. (laughs) And The copyright says, Adieu, and I don't, and you can't make me. Copyright on, 2012. (laughs) Cute. Yeah, I really love these. So um, a friend of mine uh, used to work in these events, and um, every time that they were doing an online fundraiser, I would look and see if, there was anything that i could buy and most of the time i could not afford any of this stuff um but this set of glasses i actually could afford so <laughs> i bought them and gave some money to a really good organization and now i have this really awesome set of glasses to show for it so
0: yay yay very good how about you well i don't have much to say but um i had a mending party today a repair party and I hosted at my house this um, this time. We've had two so far. This is the second. Uh, we've had two so far. This is the second. Yeah, duh, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me use my words. Clearly, I've been having a good time at this mending party. Um, so I hosted with Bloody Marys and uh, a mimosa option. So I currently have a mimosa in a very large Yeti tumbler. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good is right. <laughs> It's really, should, you should say, oh, dear. But um, the, the story behind this is that our mom is loving Yeti products. Like, she just, like, jumped on the bandwagon full steam, and I love it. I love it when my mom loves cool stuff. And so for Christmas this year, we all got um, customized Yeti uh, tumblers. And they, they can be, like, hot or cold. Um, I'm a little nervous about using it for coffee because the top of it – just like sinks in it doesn't screw in but I get a little nervous but for mimosas at home this ice has been in here for two hours <laughs> so I uh I made a mimosa upon my last guest leaving and I got into the hammock Chris was very sweet he was like why don't you put your feet up get in your hammock and just chill and I was like yeah and he's like yeah, yeah. Uh, a thermos of uh, mimosa and let yourself go, and I'm like, yeah. And I just instead let myself go and forgot to drink it. So here I am having your old mimosa, <laughs> <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but g- delicious because it's mine. <laughs> it's in my mind Um. So, anyways, the other thing I'll say is, uh, uh, it's a, a Trader Joe's champagne because I am a big fan of Trader. Oh, it's not even champagne. A sparkling wine, um, from Paso And then um, I think some Paso robles. I think it was a coastal, but um, I'm sorry, pasta robles is not coastal. But, anyways, I digress. The point is, it's Trader Joe's. It's a big deal. Um, But I also supplied this entire party with only Trader Joe's appetizers, and everyone fucking loved it. (laughs) And I really do uh, outsource my life to Trader Joe's now. I wish I had a personality, I wish I had better uh, skills, but everyone really likes their things so here we are (laughs) and then all the girls brought their own like treats and stuff like that like a lot of cookies and um just you know really cool baked goods and stuff but uh yeah everyone's like oh my god did you make these really fancy pigs in a blanket I was like no (laughs) (laughs) did you make this piece no (laughs) did I do anything no Trader Joe's. (laughs) it's literally it's it's all Trader Joe's but anyways, that is my story. That is what's not so much in my cup, but what's happened today <laughs> and why I'm at this point of having a mimosa and a giant Yeti tumbler. So I'm sure you can hear the, uh, the dance. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what's in my cup. one? Well, I'm
1: to curious. Know? Well, what? I wanted to hear from you about your repair party because I thought that sounded really cool.
0: Well, and I think it's kind of happening more. I kind of just thought it was a cool idea, like in my head, but as I've, um, I work in the fashion industry and I work for, you know, some, a big brand, so it's, uh, it's interesting what I get to hear in the grapevine and I guess repair parties are out there already. And I didn't know that oh. I kind of was just like, I'm all, you know, this is just something I want to do. And cause you know, I'm not the best knitter. So getting together and having a knitting circle is, is, is okay for me, but I don't always have a project. I have a lot mm-hmm. of other things to do. So um, the mending party went really well. Um, a friend brought a shirt that she'd been working on and she just needed to finish her sleeves And her collar, she was working on her um, hems and stuff. And then she had us all help pick out buttons for it. So she's brought her sewing machine twice. She ain't messing around. (laughs) Called her, one of her Kenmores up the stairs today, which, by the way, I didn't know this, that when you're carrying a sewing machine, carry it with your arm through, under the support arm. And she was, I was like, don't you have a case for it? She was like, no, I just carry it like this. I'm like, okay. you're All right. Just hoss that up the stairs, no problem. <laughs> yeah, she did it. I was impressed. Um, and then uh, my friend Heidi, she is taking a tablecloth from her grandmother um, that was seldomly used, but it was beautifully appliqued by her. Like the leaves and the flowers on it are all pieces of fabric that were just teeny tiny appliqué. It was so beautiful. And she's currently quilting it into a blanket to have on her couch. Nice. I thought that was super cool. So I have a photo of that. I'll share. Um, Emily, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, came and she didn't bring a, a craft, but she knew that I had Valentine making supplies set up. So she got to work. She got all of her Valentine's made for her son's, um, you know, doctors and, uh, teachers and, you know, things like that for the daycare. So she was really good. And then after everyone finished up their activities, we kind of all just made Valentine's together, which is really nice because it's our favorite holiday, but, um, and then I, I think what I worked on, my friend uh, Delisa showed up and she brought stuff to make her valentines with, but she's also like, oh man, I, you know, can I talk to you guys about my coat? I have a big hole in my coat. And I was like, now's the time. And <laughs> I, I was like, I had like maybe two Bloody Marys. I was like, yeah, bring it in. Let's do this. And my friend was not uh, as excited as I was and she was like we'll figure it out and I was like oh oh we are okay like this is really happening and I've actually never worked on a winter coat before but we were able to help her um just tack it down you know because she should take it to a a real tailor who can open up seams replace things but it, you know winter coats are tough and Mm -hmm. her spot it just like popped open it was just poor sewing um and it was a really nice coat so you're just like man this is your only coat you have have it it's Minnesota you need it so I was lucky that I was uh it was such a small hole that I could still just hand sew it down I did a blind stitch on it but you got to leave without a hole holder coat so that's yeah. pretty great yeah
1: <laughs> did I tell you what happened to my winter coat
0: uh the blue one
1: yeah I don't oh. think we discussed it on the podcast but uh yeah. my winter coat died an inglorious death it's very small like the way that it died was very small. It's uh, probably something that a lot of people wouldn't notice if they were looking at me, but if it were your coat, you would notice. So I had a, I still have it because I cannot bring myself to part with it.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I have this this cobalt blue coat that um, it was. It's like a wool boiled wool coat that has a funnel collar that you can fold down or lift up and a flare skirt on it so it's not a super big flare so it doesn't look um it doesn't stand out for your body hugely it just gives you a really nice hourglass shape when you don't have one and i don't have one like i'm i'm very straight up and down like that's my body type it's just very very conical not conical Cylindrical. Cylindrical. (laughs) That's how I would describe it. Not conical. (laughs) Cylindrical. (laughs) And uh, I did learn geometry in elementary school. And um, so this coat is lovely. I I really like it. And I've been wearing it for the past nine years.
0: This is your first clue, listeners. Nine years. She wore a wool coat. Continue.
1: (laughs) Sure did. And I would have worn it for another nine except so i've noticed that over the last like two or three years so i wear a backpack or uh, a messenger bag and over particularly my left shoulder because that's where the messenger bag was but now that i have a backpack it was starting to be on both shoulders um it was getting threadbare, and most people wouldn't notice it except that the base um the the warp and weft fibers that were holding it together were black not blue (laughs) (laughs) So, you could totally see that the boiled wool was just, like, leaving for the afterlife. Like, it was not staying (laughs) with me. It was giving up the ghost. It was. It was. was. So, I pointed out to, you know, you and a couple other people who would understand what I was saying that it was getting threadbare. Like, my coat was getting threadbare. That's not a thing that happens. Yeah. To most most (laughs) people. Yeah. Very rare threadbare happened in like the 1800s it doesn't really happen
0: because island you got one coat for your life you got one coat at 18 and you better stick with it yeah
1: yeah so i i had worn the coat to the point of being threadbare but because of the colors people who didn't do um stitch work didn't really didn't notice like literally nobody noticed nobody ever looked at me and was like oh that coat looks funny like they just see a bright blue coat Um, until one day I was sitting on the bus and I looked down and I saw that my cuff, um, had a thread hanging from it. And I was like, oh, well, things really are starting to get tough, aren't they? So I pulled the thread out and that led me to take a real good look at the cuffs. Both cuffs had worn through completely, like straight up holes in my cuff because I had worn the coat so much. I hadn't even noticed that not only was the cuff threadbare it no longer even had fabric like fabric gone
0: it might as well have been two pieces of fabric one was your sleeve one was the inside of your cuff and someone was probably like you should probably stitch that down but good luck it's vapor i guarantee that that fiber was vapor at that point like anytime anytime
1: someone wears something that far it's gone it's yeah there wasn't anything like my thought i was like oh maybe i could darn it you can only darn what has sufficient integrity to hold the stitches that you're going to darn. Yeah, so uh, I had to buy a new coat. And like I said, I haven't gotten rid of this old one because I love the shape so much that I'm considering trying to find a tailor who can use it as a pattern for making a new coat for me because I, I spent a bunch of time trying to find a coat that had that shape and I just I didn't have any luck. So so that's my winter coat story. It, of course, did this in January. <laughs> obviously. Just in time for the polar vortex. Cool. I did have a new coat in time for the polar vortex. And then the Merrill boots that my friend Hannah had given me as hand-me-downs after she finished law school in Michigan, like, I don't even know, three, four years ago. I popped the zipper on those. Those, those were probably 10 years old?
0: a great segue to zero waste ideas but oh um, I mean what are you so what are you, what are you doing about your boots
1: there's nothing I can do
0: when did they pop the zipper I saw you a couple weeks ago you were wearing your Chelsea's is that what's going on now you're wearing those rain
1: boots no How I I replaced the boots that I destroyed but my first thought when I saw that the zipper um what had happened was that the teeth of the zipper had separated from the fabric that the yeah. zip—that's part of the zipper—and I was like, "Oh, I can fix that. Like, I'll just stitch around the plastic part to attach, attach it back to the fabric." Well, I mean, you shake your head. Nobody <laughs> listeners can't hear you <laughs> scornfully shaking your head at me because I don't I understand. Like, oh, wait, to lock your zipper up. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, am I right? Uh, my zipper locked up for different reasons. Ha ha. <laughs> Joke's on you. I broke them a different way. Um, but it turned out that uh, the way that the zipper, so the zipper itself, of course, was not really attached to normal fabric because these are supposed to be winter boots. So it's attached to like a plastic lined fabric. So I wouldn't have been able to get my needle through it anyway. And that is all beside the point because it was, stitched into the boot so securely that there was no way to replace the zipper without pulling the boot apart into pieces. And I don't have the skills or the machine with the strength to stitch that back together. There was no hand sewing job to be done on that. Like I, you can't hand sew plastic and leather. It will, and also
0: plastic and leather as a does not resell well no you have to create a new line because it's you ruin its integrity every punch of the needle yeah
1: so. basically so um this is a really great segue to our efforts at zero waste which we'll get to a little later in the episode because I have managed to um throw away boots and <laughs> I didn't throw <laughs> away my coat but only because i want to use it as a template not because the coat is wearable because it is not So that's cool
0: zero waste cool Yeah. (laughs) you know what this says a lot though i would say that most people don't think about the longevity of a product when they buy it with the exception of winter gear winter gear is one of those things where like we're all like buy good like at least up here in minnesota you're not going to mess around. It's not, oh, it gets cold a couple times a year. Or, oh, we have snow for like a month or two. It's like, you better get out and shovel your car out and get to work. No one's canceling anything. Like, good luck. It's just, you know, I'm amazed. I <laughs> I went to, uh at a waxing appointment yesterday. And there was a ton of snow. And it was really cold. And I, I looked outside. And it was like minus 11. There's like this three really cute girls just wearing, you know, the those long, you know, not chalet, it wasn't chalet like, but down coats, just hanging out, no gloves, no mittens, no nothing. Just hanging out, being cool. And I was like, hey, University of Minnesota. They I I heard they canceled classes once so far, maybe twice this during the polar vortex. University
1: whatever. of Iowa canceled classes for 1.5 days. Wow.
0: Yeah, no, so like. These places don't shut down. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I can't, I, I, when I was first, you know, going through the winter here, um, it's my first full winter at work. And we're allowed to work from home sometimes, you know, based on schedule, based on what you need or if the weather's really, really bad. And during the polar vortex, the like all of our company was like, if you need to stay home because your kids are called out of school, stay home and work. Or if you need to, because you take a bus, it's too dangerous for you to be outside. But other than that, they're like things as usual. Like my partner had to go to work at Comcast. They didn't shut anything down. They were like, "No, get out there. get to work. You know, like there's it's just kind of, yeah, up here, you have to have really good so That's my point of saying it is this that Minnesotans and anyone up here in the north, they just they do spend a lot of money on Wonder stuff because they care, you know? Yeah. But other than at everything else we buy, I don't think people think about the longevity. I really don't. Um, I think that people go, oh, this is good quality. It lasts a long time, but they're not actually putting a year, like, estimate on how Mm -hmm. something is going to last. So I would say that your boots that are over 10 years old of constant wear from two different people, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. Like, I'm not embarrassed about it. I don't think that I was, you know, not taking care of them properly, and that's why they they broke down it's more like i wish that i wish that either they had been made of materials that i could repair or that there had been some way for me to take care of them differently such that they would have lasted longer can i ask but what did you replace your boots with another pair of merrells
0: oh another pair you are oh dedicated you now you're loyal you're dedicated because they were well there.
1: Yeah, I mean discount for turning them in. No, I didn't get a discount for turning them in. Um, I didn't even think about that because um I tried to buy from some local stores, but because it was already February, they they didn't have like a big stock of winter boots. Like they stock up, they stock up on like you know, like they ought to. They stock up on winter boots at the beginning of the winter, not in the middle of the winter. Right. Um so uh I ended up going online in order to be able to find any winter boots at all. And because the previous pair of Merrells that I had had been very, very waterproof, they had never broken down in any way related to um, water or snow and they had kept my feet warm. I was like, I'll try those. And then when I got them, they were good enough, you know, and I didn't want to keep like, shipping them back and forth in the hopes of finding like a more perfect pair of boots when everything else online didn't fundamentally look any different and it wasn't any less expensive and it wasn't made from any better materials so like I wasn't gonna do that dance because I needed boots (laughs) like immediately and then for the coat um I went to a local store and I found, um, it's an upgrade in a way, the coat that I got, because it's a wool coat that looks like a traditional wool coat, but it's lined with down in a very thin way. So mm-hmm. it's it's not bulky. It doesn't look like a parka, but it feels like a parka and looks like a traditional boiled wool coat, which is my jam. Yeah. So um, it's it is as good as the replacement could be, given the fact that Right now, the look is like a cocoony, big, spacious coat, which is not very. I just don't like how it looks on me. I don't like a big, voluminous top half, um, especially since a lot of the cocoon coats aren't very long. And when it's windy out, I need a long coat. <laughs> like I need something that's really going to protect you know, me. But I'm gonna, let's have some
0: real talk for a second riding the bus those big cocoon coats that ain't for riding the bus you an asshole if you wear those big things because you got to stay in your space you got to stay in your square your little seat and I have one coat I have like two coats and I'm going to be real honest with anyone who's listening I spent eight uh let's see I spent a thousand dollars on eight coats this year just to try on because I'm a plus-size woman and I got to figure my shit out but I've got Small boobs and a big tummy and a big butt and I'm short and I'm all these fucking these are my problems whatever. Anyway. <laughs> but as I, I like looked all over to find stuff, but there was no places for me to try stuff on. Yeah. And I kind of think it's weird that like I can get plus size swimwear, but I can't buy plus size uh, jackets that are actually down or like have performance without yeah. you, you know having to buy them all and then return them all. It sucks. It's totally not what I want to do. I want to go someplace and try stuff on. Yeah. But So in the end, I wound up with two coats. One is like a they call it a sweater, which is like a down. It's a long down coat, but it's really thin, Um, and it's good for like minus fifteen, minus twenty. And then I, sorry, I guess it's more like minus ten or something. And then I have the, as my friend Lisa puts it, the 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 inner uh, biosphere. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole separate micro, you know, climate. (laughs) Yes. She's like, that's what you need when you go out on the lake, and I'm like, I'm not going fishing, but okay, <laughs> you know. And she's she's joking, but she's like, you need you need the thing that if someone's like, hey, you want to come and hang out and do this thing at this whatever outside for like a couple hours, you need that coat. So, <laughs> and I actually totally did one of those things. I went to like the art shanties on you know Lake Harriet or something, and I, I stood out there on a the lake with a bunch of people. That's when I needed one of those coats. Um. So, anyways, I wear I've worn that coat maybe. Um, maybe like five days in a row for that polar vortex thing, but it's so hot and so big that when I wear it inside the house, I dri- beads of sweat down my face. Like I'm really, like, I'm dying, I'm so dying. We don't keep our house like all that hot because it's just not our way, but like I'm just like, beads of sweat dripping down my face. I'm getting all huffy and puffy. I have a, a hat on that's beautiful and made out of wool that you've made for me and I'm ripping it off, putting, shoving it in my pocket and then wandering out into the, the polar vortex. But that thing is so big that when I sit down, good luck sitting next to me. <laughs> I had to loosen the straps on my backpack to get <laughs> over my fucking arms. <laughs> and the hood is so deep because hoods being are like the thing right now, but this hood has got fur, fake fur on it because fur apparently helps keep snow out. I've learned this now. It does. <laughs> It does. And now I got boots. with It's front. like eyelashes for
1: your whole head. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, but anyways, this hood is so big and deep. I look like death coming. <laughs> like It's just, it's the most ridiculous coat. Am I warm? Sure. But is it comfortable? No, it's heavier. It's pounds heavier. And I just want, I just pray for the moment that it rises back up to like five degrees and I can put my regular lightweight down coat on. Because that's all I want. I just want the one that's real close to my body. And then I can like walk around Target and not sweat to death and still get in my car and sit in on a bus. And, but that's, that's commute talk. Like when you got those big fashionable coats, I see your privilege. I see it. I see it right here. <laughs> the rest of us, we ain't wearing that.
1: Well, in <laughs> fairness, the deep hood is not about privilege. It's about people who have heads that are the size of mine. So my coat also has theoretically a deep hood. It fits me just right because my head is so fucking large. <laughs> <laughs> then it fits me like a normal hood. Like I put the coat on and I was like, oh my gosh, the hood fits. And Pat's like, oh, that's a really big hood. And I was like, it's the normal size. <laughs> it's the normal size for a normal head.
0: I swear. I'll, I do. I'm sorry. Maybe I don't need to bring it up during this podcast. but I remember you came to visit me once in San Francisco and I had my Vespa. And I was like, I got two helmets so you can ride with me. And you're like, ooh, what size? And I was like, mediums. <laughs> and you were like, you literally grab the open the open face one and put it on top of your head. <laughs> you're like, nope, we're not riding it. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. I was not ready for that. I was like, oh, damn. Uh.
1: Yeah, people look at me and think they think that I have very voluminous hair. Uh, that's not all. It is large cranium. It's a
0: large. Uh, cranium. Anyone... Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. We're 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 now turning this into a personal phone call over podcast. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. I think, think that you've done a really good job with the boots and with your coat. I'm really glad you got good alternatives. I like, don't beat yourself up for not being able to fix those zippers. That thing was those boots were made to not break down. So the idea of you having to like fix a breakdown, not real. No one was going to be able to. Well, that makes me feel better. And thank you. And also the treads on a lot of those shoes are formed. They're usually like uh, molded onto the boot themselves. So yeah. You can't really retread them. No. So you um, it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. I think only red wings you can resew on and retread. Um, Doc Martens, you can, but a lot of people don't because they're so prevalent. Um, There's a lot of stuff
1: like that, you know, so that's what also makes them waterproof. So it's true. It's true. So I, we had started this conversation by my asking you what you were working on and you had mentioned your repair party, which was awesome. And you mentioned your Valentine's. So do you have like a Valentine's design for this year? I do. I'm a little nervous cause they're not perfect and done yet, but you know how, um, conversation
0: hearts aren't being made anymore by the Necco wafer company.
1: Oh, it breaks my heart. I know I'm the only person who you know, genuinely right? enjoyed the flavor. I whatever tastes like fucking toothpaste. I don't care. I like them. I don't care. Cause it's what I wanted. Yep. Oh, God
0: damn it. I, Oh, I remember one time my mom, this is so fucked up, but Hey guys, don't ever do this to your kids. Cause I think about it all the time. Um, one time my mom made pea soup and I never had pea soup before. And all I knew was like, it was big and green and ugly. And it smelled weird. It smelled like ham, but it didn't look like ham. And I was <laughs> so bothered. And we, meanwhile, we had gone to Sam's club to buy some stuff. And I saw a giant box of uh, conversation hearts. And I kept sneaking a few. I wasn't waiting to like give them to my classmates. I kept like sneaking a few like, yum, 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 yum. And mom punished me. For not eating the the split pea soup, she was like, "Cool, you can just have conversation hearts." And I was like, "But I want to eat something else." And she was like, "Too bad." And I was just like, "Oh, like she made me eat like all that it. It was available to me that night, with conversation hearts." So I made myself sick eating conversation hearts. I, I, it's also because I wanted to. She let me have exactly what I wanted. <laughs> but the point was that I was terrified of this uh this split pea soup. Sorry, mom. I totally eat split pea soup now, but. <laughs> so anyways i've loved conversation hearts for a really long time and they are tasteless <laughs> mm-hmm. and they have, like fat neck wafers which is not everyone's jam but they're my jam okay they're my jam yep. so um i'm making conversation hearts i have a bunch out in the other room <laughs> these are like my first batch but um i'm doing a lot of alternative ones like this they're one's-
1: adorable i love them what are they made out of
0: uh salt dough have you cool. ever remember salt dough from like as a kid making ornaments or like? Yeah, uh,
1: I haven't done it in a long time.
0: But yeah, so I'm experimenting with recipes for that. Um, but I have like it's what's cool though is like I'm stamping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've taken some some uh, photos of the process. But um, we're stamping them with rubber stamps and then uh, just to emboss them. And then when they come out, I fill them with a sharpie.
1: That is, I mean, I saw. So obviously, nobody can see this except me. But she just held up one that said "baby girl." Mm-hmm. This a, a nice Aaliyah call out.
0: <laughs> um, I also have one that says "consent." I <laughs> I'm like just it. Going for it, yeah. Um, Netflix. Dot. 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 You yeah. I like it. Doing my thing. So, anyways, I have a bunch. Those are so cute. Yeah, so we're going to make these. I say we, because Chris has really helped me out with the concept of these. Um, and I've actually bought a silk a Silpat. I bought two uh-huh. silk pads for them. Because I was like, I must have the perfect thing to roll these out and bake them on. Because parchment paper just kind of like made soggy bottoms a bit. So, um, oh. yeah. But um, so we're going to make these into pins. I have a pin back on them and stuff. We're just still going through that process. But they're pretty cool. I like them that's so cute um, but I, I, def- I had them in a bowl because that's I took them off the sill pad and then like you know put them in a bowl just to rest and a couple of my friends who were over today were like we definitely thought those were cookies glad we didn't go for it and I was like yeah those are going to take your teeth right out like, <laughs> I mean people can hear this but yeah that's going to hurt your teeth <laughs> like, don't do that um, so anyway, that's, that's the game plan for this year but it's been fun coming up with phrases that I think are you know, worthy, but you also have to make sure that you're not like harassing people, so <laughs> I have to be really kind of careful. But I have a lot of like pizza, cats, dogs, books, wine um, just like funny things that people want to wear kind of thing. But um,
1: that's awesome.
0: Chris is funny though, he put on his just ask, and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he wanted to do Netflix and. and i was like all right and tinder that was the other one he thought should go on there and i was like well i'm gonna do the other ones that say single then people can just talk about it so that's cool or bumble bumble right um and then i was gonna put lover on a few but then i was like i'm just gonna say loved It'll make that a little bit softer for everybody just figure it out and then of course i put money because there's a bunch of girls i work with who are gonna be like oh fuck man no money yeah and uh, it's a Cardi oh B
1: reference. Did you see There's a well, there's, yeah, there's the Cardi B. And then also um, Lizzo just posted today. She, I think she was reposting from somebody, but maybe it was a family member of hers or a friend of hers. But there was a little girl that was saying that she wanted, um, I think she said she wanted money and Cheetos. <laughs> and I <was laughs> like, yes, that, <laughs> that is a valid Valentine's Day request.
0: About money and Cheetos money and cheetahs like your goals also attainable totally attainable uh I definitely uh, kids are adorable I love it I love it cheetahs and money Uh, so yeah that's my valentine's for this year um I was a little hesitant to bring it up because I'm like oh they're not perfect yeah but I'm on it I didn't totally wait to the last minute like I normally do um or like I'm doing Oh, that's what you're doing this year. Thank you for taking on the torch of waiting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is 100% going to be a last minute affair because I have to, I'm giving a Grand Rounds presentation on Tuesday the 12th. And if anybody, you know, listening has ever worked in an academic medical center, Grand Rounds is like the big presentation that you give to your entire department. And I'm not doing any holiday stuff before that's done so I have at that point probably what 36 hours after I'm done with that presentation to come up with some valentine's shit so that's what I'm gonna do
0: that's how it's gonna be you know I saw some amazing valentines today that my friend uh Delisa brought over and it's from um in in flirt in flirtation or something I'll I'll get the uh right place but it's really cute. And they were like, like they were, Oh, uh, it's introverted. It was intro in flirted, intro flirted. Like, uh, that was the brand and it's on Instagram, but through, I think either witchy or witchy, which is the brand, sorry, or Etsy. I'll figure it out. Anyways, a little so long winded, but the point is there's really good, um, designers out there who made great Valentine's. Valentine's Day is so
1: big now. Oh, so this reminds me, um, we already posted it on our Instagram, but I'll mention it again, that there is uh, an artist who on Instagram goes by, well, I think her company name is Girl Trouble, but it's G-R-L underscore T-R-B-L and she makes really awesome uh, intersectional feminist uh, art for a wide variety of occasions or just any old day, but she also has some special things just for Valentine's day, which I really like. And I forgot that, um, although I don't have Valentine's, um, gifts planned out, I'm definitely doing that last minute. Like I said, I'm not going back on that. I have Valentine's day plans. Ooh. So I, um, I knew in the back of my head, the minute I said that I was like post, uh, not postponing, procrastinating on Valentine's Day. I was like, well, I'm not totally procrastinating. There is a thing I'm doing. So there is uh, an artist coming to Iowa City um, on Valentine's, she's coming for a couple other events, but the public event that she's doing that's not specific to the um, art school or the institution that's bringing her to campus um, is on Valentine's Day. And her name is uh, Cecilia Vicuña and she is a chilean poet artist and filmmaker who is based in new york and santiago and she is really interested right now she's really interested in death um and thinking about how death informs um her life the life of other people and how we think about our relationship to other people um it's really interesting um I, I am not as familiar with her work as I am of a lot of the artists and writers that I go to see who come to visit, but her um, description of her art seemed really interesting, and she's doing a public talk on Valentine's Day at the um, art building here on campus. Um, it looks like from her, the Wikipedia page that describes her that there's um, a term called ecofeminism that Um, has been applied to her um, practice of linking gender injustice and ecological destruction, particularly, I think, in um, Chile, because I think that she was coming of age as an artist when
0: Pinochet
1: was uh, coming to power in Chile, which was obviously a really horrible time for um, people in Chile. So I'm super excited about going to that. um, And that will be our valentine's day activity so i'm, nice. I'm really looking forward to, I'm, lear- I'm looking forward to learning about some new shit. um and it's always really cool to go to see artists talk about how they came to make what they make and how, yeah. like the and she's <clears throat> i think she's in her early 70s so she's had a lot of time to think about how she relates to the world and how world events relate to her and the things that she's interested in. And I just, I always find it really interesting to see how people integrate that into the work that they make. So hopefully,
0: yeah, Oh, I'm, for you. I'm excited to hear about that. Um, yeah. I'll admit I do have some Valentine's Day plans. It's called going to my therapist. That's when she had an available appointment at four yeah. o'clock. So I'm doing it. <laughs> Self loving yourself is appropriate for <laughs> Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, cool! I love this holiday. Let's see if we can cry about it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm excited though because I think she's so great. I can't wait to give her one of my valentines because I do about you know 200 valentines a year. So um, I was like, oh, she's a good one to give one to. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, yeah. But I do find it funny that like there's a lot of people out there uh planning Valentine stuff, and which is interesting. I read a report um, a few days ago that said that less people are going to be celebrating Valentine's day, but those who are celebrating are spending like twice, maybe even three times as much than they normally do. So there's something really interesting about the people who are celebrating versus those who are not, but they're saying that there's a lot more Galentine's day, a lot more like friend, like they're saying that they will sometimes have moved further away from a romantic idea and it's becoming more about your girlfriends or more about your pets or more maybe about your kids and it's about um that kind of exchange it's like a very uh it's, it's almost like a thanksgiving is what it's turned into a little bit but it's well, a lot of reason to gather
1: you and i have long said that Valentine's Day was for friends not lovers and that certainly is how things functioned when we were in elementary school and I stand by it. It's it's a good time to think about showing affection and respect and you just being thoughtful about the people who are around you and showing them that you see them. I think that's wonderful. And I feel like not everyone
0: feels comfortable giving something out to somebody yeah. to be like, "Hey, I really Appreciate you. you're you great but valentine's day makes it a little bit easier of a pill to swallow everyone's got <laughs> heightened emotions you know what i mean like there's heightened emotions and like i don't know about you but i remember in school whenever they had those like um it's almost like anonymous valentines that they would deliver like you could buy one for somebody or they could buy one for you and whenever you got them i always i didn't like the feeling of having a secret admirer that really creeped me out but if you have like Getting a Valentine from your friend, it like calmed you down. Like, oh, word, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank (laughs) you. My permission, Kim. Appreciate it. You know, like there was this, um there's something about like this, yeah, being really validated and it's not sexual and it's not like you owe anybody anything. It's really just saying, here, have some candy. It's a good day. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, you're really great. I'm really happy to see you today. I think that's the other thing. It's really just about saying, I'm really happy to see you. So. And I always give out Valentine's to, to uh, people I don't know. That's another big thing. And I I did uh, the heart, uh, the felt heart pins last year and that one was like gangbusters. People came up to me out of nowhere. And they're like, hi, I don't know you, can I have one? <laughs> and I was like, sure, okay. You know, but it's, it helps. It helps directly, ice a bit. So, um, I realize that we're talking a whole bunch about a lot of stuff. We haven't gotten into the works in progress, but I guess we can also we can move in and around that if you wanted to talk about stuff. What you what you working on though, or what are you excited about? Oh,
1: I'll I will keep it brief. So I finished the very first of my feminist icon cross stitch projects. I saw. Oh. I posted it on Instagram. Look up. It's good. Frida Kahlo. This was the. She was the cover model for the book, Feminist Icon Cross Stitch, which we've mentioned before on the podcast by Anna Fleiss and Lauren Mancuso. And so um, I did not um, use all the exact same colors that the authors recommended because I had a bunch of um, embroidery floss that I had inherited from our grandmother. And I really liked the colors that um I'd gotten from our grandmother so I bought the colors that were um recommended for her face the shadows on her face um and her hair because I thought the authors had probably gone through a great deal of effort to pick out flosses that actually look like skin tones and I want this to look like Frida Kahlo but um yeah, you know, the flowers in her hair could be different colors. it have to be the exact same yellow in the flower and the exact same purple in the flower. So I used colors that I'd gotten from our grandmother for the flowers in her hair and for her lips um, and for her name embroidered at the bottom because they had had like a sort of can- candy apple red that they had picked for those, but I had sort of a deep raspberry and I thought that would be fine. So it looks great. Yeah, it's awesome. I really love. So now that I've done one of the patterns in the book, I can say that the instructions that the book gives are really good. So if you are not comfortable with cross stitch, this is definitely a great place to start because you get very specific instructions about which fabric to buy, which needle to buy, um, what colors of floss to buy, uh, how to do the stitches in a way that will end up looking beautiful in the end, um, end up right. looking beautiful in the end. But yeah, I think um, if you if you do this type of thing without a lot of supervision, you will end up with a product that looks like what's in the book, right? Cross stitch is very simple, it's pixelated, and you if you make the little Xs, you will get the picture that they want yeah. you to get.
0: I was going to say it's paid by number, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're, you're cross-stitching by number, so it's good.
1: Right, but if you would like it to look very finished and, you know, sort of professional at the end, the instructions in this book are very clear and will help you get the end product that you want. So that's awesome. So I've made that, and all of the patterns, um, if you do it the exact way they tell you, most of them will be about six by six inches, So if that gives you an idea of what um, your end product will be about six by six, and then obviously you could use that to make um, pillows or just to frame it or whatever it is that you would like to do. But they also give instructions about how you would go about increasing it or decreasing it if you wanted to get something that was a different uh, size than six by six. And so, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. The book is really good. Highly recommend um, now, I'll add this
0: I don't know if this is appropriate because it is women icons but there are things that you can put on not just pillows but you could also do them on towels you could do them on um, the end of a scarf or something like you can make it as an applique to put on something if they're not super handy or you can make it into something to put on your tote bag like a patch like it could be really cool sorry I'm like really into it
1: well yeah and then um i didn't know about this until i started looking for materials but if you go on etsy people will have uh dyed the fabric like specific cross. so cross stitch fabric you can cross stitch on anything but if you're like me and you want something that makes it a little easier the fabric is called um ada or ida it's a-i-d-a and if ida you cloth. yeah ida cloth So if you go onto Etsy and look up Ida cloth, you'll find the plain white, which most of us have seen before, but they, people also will have dyed it different colors. So if you want something kind of beautiful and interesting in the background, and then you cross stitch something on top of it, that could look really awesome. Um, And you can get Ida fabric that is of different fineness. So, The one that I got is a very stiff fabric because I wanted it to have a lot of structure because I'm not very good at this. But if you had a really fine fabric, then um, it would be more easy to fold and move and it would look more like, you know, typical clothing fabric.
0: Well, and I would say like, um, I think Ida cloth is or Ada cloth, whatever it's called, um, you can get in white and black pretty standard. Black is pretty Mm -hmm. standard as well it's just really hard to see. So you need a really bright light. So any color you get, get a bright light to be able to visualize it, to see the holes better.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's
0: kind of like knitting with a dark fiber, you know? Same. Yeah.
1: I was going to say black, like pure black fabric is not for beginners. Even if you get like a heathered fabric or a very dark charcoal or a very dark Brown, that will be much easier, but somehow like a, a pure black, is just especially if it's like regular ida fabric is um matte so it's got no sheen to it and so it's not going to reflect any light back to you to tell your eyes what you're supposed to be doing so (laughs) that is not for beginners um and so then just to wrap up quick the next one that i've picked out to do from the book specifically is uh sojourner truth oh nice And I don't know if you can tell, but there are a couple things about the Sojourner Truth one that are particularly engaging for this time of year. So, number one, obviously, um, Sojourner Truth is a really, really famous woman, a really famous historic figure. And the fact that it's Black History Month means that, you know, a lot of young kids are learning about her right now. But just from a design perspective, the the colors that they chose for this particular uh design are just beautiful like late winter colors like it's um a really there's like a beautiful gray and peach and steel blue and um sort of light coral that are all part of the design that just are this it just is it's just like a beautiful sort of tone on tone portrait um which i think is just lovely so there are many reasons to be excited about this particular design um, and i'm really looking forward to it nice yeah good. yeah so shall we move on to our gold stars
0: um, we sure can yes do you want me to start
1: uh either of us could start what do you prefer
0: i'll i'll go because I'm all right really, really pumped about this and i didn't tell you about this at all Oh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. So I have a really good friend who I met in Hong Kong when I lived there. Um, Her name's Eileen. And she and I have remained friends no matter where we are, where we live. She's great. And Eileen, you and I both went to her wedding to Ed um, last year, uh, beginning of January, where I straight up, I swear to God, fractured my foot from dancing all night. But I also want to say, hold on, do I have the note here? (laughs) Oh, I don't have it right here but they sent us a note a little thank you card and it said that we are legends you and I are legends because we know every song every song that that guy that cool DJ played we knew and we danced to and anytime they hear those songs again they're always like remember the Williams sisters they knew every word and they danced to every song like we couldn't be stopped we were there till close. We should.
1: Well, and, and, and we'll just say this right now to anybody listening. If you're ever worried that your wedding is not going to be any fun and nobody's going to go out on the dance floor because people are scared or it's a dry wedding or whatever it is, you just invite us. We're there. We will dance regardless of situation. We, we can get we'll people. Make- <laughs> it's true. No, you're,
0: we will get people. We will get them out on the floor. Not worried about your dry wedding. Not worried about your bad music. We're gonna find a way. It's true. There's a way, and I know, guaranteed. I'm gonna guarantee you this, 85% to this: 85 to 87 percent chance. You and I know every word to every song.
1: It's a good chance.
0: We're music people, and I don't. And I really mean that. Like this guy tried to stump us. Guess what? I know all the Motown songs. I know all those deep cuts. Try me again. Try me again. Anyway. The point was is that you know Eileen. Many of y'all know Eileen. I think even Eileen listens to this podcast because I know she does. But anyways, um, my gold star goes out to Eileen because she sent me a dried portion of her sourdough starter. <gasps> I know. So she dried out Michelle before she left Hong Kong. And I didn't know that you could do this, but she dried out Michelle and brought it back to her place in Toronto and started her back up. <laughs> and I gotta tell you the joke that she wrote on here. Just like, um, call her text if you have any questions. But also mine is called Michelle. So can yours be Sasha or Mala? Like, you know, she goes, hi. <laughs> she was like, ah, you're killing me at <laughs> So I have I feel like I need to call her Sasha. I feel like I have to. So um I mean you could call her Malia. I could call her Malia. I said Malla, sorry, Malia. I could call her Malia, but I kind of Sasha Fierce slash like, I, I feel like I could go with this because it's a little That's bit true. more Sasha's a little bit of a bigger name,
1: big. Well, like, I mean, Sasha Fierce name. has, you know, a persona as well.
0: Right. I love that. You know, she named hers after Michelle Obama. I love that, but I feel like I can take this to another level be sasha fierce so when she said sasha i was like that daughter's name is excellent for more than one thing um anyways uh i won't i won't embarrass myself further with that the point is did she even write michelle on here oh no she didn't she just said dried starter um but it's got a little silica pack and everything but she sent me a sourdough starter and i feel like that is like the deepest possible friendship (laughs) that you could possibly do like it's really i I really hope I could do right by this. Cause it's a really good, I loved her sourdough. I still think about it when I had it in Hong Kong. I, oh, we had an amazing, she she made this, Uh, she made eggs cooked in tomatoes and we had it with her sourdough. Oh, like shakshuka? Kind of like shakshuka, yeah, um, sim, very similar. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was just like, You're, I don't know anyone else who bakes their own bread in Hong Kong. Most people don't. Most people, It was not easy
1: to do because people wouldn't have a kitchen that was large enough necessarily. She just had a
0: larger uh, convection toaster oven. And she, and she kept her sourdough starter running all the time. The whole amount of years that she was there. I think she was there like, oh, she was there a long time. Anyways, the point is, that is not normal in Hong Kong. And I love that Michelle has joined me here in Minnesota. So I got to do right by it. But I do. Uh, I'm just so thankful that she sent it to me from toronto so that's all it's that's good. awesome yeah so anyways new project on board well, i hope i don't fuck this up but that's <laughs> my, you know, is eileen because she is a really good friend and i'm really excited about it yay right, gold
1: star uh so my gold star um is so we, we hinted that we are trying to work and we've mentioned this on the podcast multiple times, not necessarily trying to work toward a zero waste lifestyle, because that is exceptionally hard to do. And I don't want to set myself up or make the listeners think that I judge people who are not living a zero waste lifestyle. Like that's super hard. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> not for these times, always. So
1: yeah, totally. but But I'm trying to figure out how to reduce waste, reduce my use of single use plastics, and um, just try to sort of build things into my life that are doable, that are good for the earth and for me. And so um, I came across, I I was like, (laughs) of course, I was thinking very deep thoughts while I was brushing my teeth and flossing my teeth. And I realized as I was flossing, I was flossing with like something that's not biodegradable. (laughs) Like floss is not biodegradable. Um, Most flosses are made with nylon. Um, Some are made with polyester, which is kind of scary. Um. And I was like, oh, I just I wonder, is there a biodegradable floss? So I Googled biodegradable floss and I came across a blog called um, I think it's called like my zero plastic life or my plastic free life. Anyway, I will link it in the show notes and that the person who runs that blog had tried a wide variety of different types of floss that are. More ecologically friendly than standard floss in a wide variety of ways. So, either they are made from biodegradable materials or they are packaged in biodegradable materials or whatever. And after going through all the different options that she listed, I decided to try a product called Dental Lace. And it is a silk floss. So, this is made from silk. So, if you are vegan, this is not going to work for you. It's silk. It's
0: very silk, though, yeah
1: mulberry silk. Yeah, so it comes from insects. Okay. And those insects don't survive the process. So if you are vegan or do not want um larvae to die in the process of making an item for you, dental lace is not for you. I will say that I hunted really hard for a vegan floss that was actually biodegradable and I cannot find one. This is like one of the things that's really, really hard. So I'm not vegan, but I do appreciate um, people who make an effort to make vegan things because I do um, believe in not testing things on animals that don't need to be tested on animals. And it's just really hard to find stuff that is vegan that is also not made of plastic (laughs) because like a lot of people are sort of like, Like a lot of companies have gotten around the desire for cruelty-free materials by just replacing everything with synthetic stuff and plastic stuff that is non-biodegradable. And it's shitty. Like it's super fucking shitty because I don't think most vegan people want to destroy the earth, right? Like most people who are vegan have made this gigantic life choice and this gigantic life change in an effort to make the world a better place. And so it's just crappy that, um, it's very hard to find things that are vegan for, um, like floss, hairbrush, like whatever that also are biodegradable. Yeah. So I didn't succeed. I failed at that, but, um, <laughs> I did, like I said, decide to try uh, dental lace. So it's mulberry floss. And when you buy it, um, it comes in a little glass container with a metal lid And you can buy um, refills of it. And all of the packaging is recyclable or biodegradable. So um, when you initially buy your starter pack, it's, uh, like I said, a glass vial that comes with floss in it already. And then it comes with a a refill. And it comes inside of a paper box. And then the refills are always packaged in biodegradable plastic. So it's... There is not a single thing associated with this product that is not biodegradable or recyclable. So the floss itself, and Miranda knows this, like I have rural Wisconsin graham cracker teeth and they are really close together. So when I try to floss, if that floss isn't strong, my teeth will break it. So there are yeah. a lot of flosses okay. that I actually, <laughs> there are a lot of flosses that I can't use because I get them down in my teeth and then I try to bring them out and the floss just breaks and it's a disaster. This doesn't break. No way. Doesn't break.
0: i excited because I usually do break floss once once a day. I break yep. floss.
1: And so if you are somebody who is really trying to go zero waste and your teeth are not as uh, fierce and aggressive as mine are, um, you can actually take uh, cotton threads from fabric or silk threads from fabric and floss with that. And some people do that really successfully. But for me, I have to have floss that's waxed. Um, Otherwise it won't slide and it'll break instead. Um, So this this is the product that I need because like just individual threads won't work for me. But like I said, for many people, if you're looking for something that is biodegradable, low waste you could just go to like your local thrift shop and buy 100 pure cotton or 100 pure silk fabrics like clothing wash them really well and just pull out individual threads and you can floss with that and that works fine for a lot of people but old no, Grand I- <laughs> Teeth williams needs something that is wet, I- so i will
0: plug for one other item the thing is I feel like you and I travel a lot, so we do need to be able to carry things with us. So the floss thing, I kind of can't get around. I need to have my floss with me. But there are um, other alternatives, like water pick is a really good option. A lot of dentists like it because it's just abrasion through water mm-hmm. to get out, you know, lodged in things. Um, so if you wanted to have something that was vegan and yeah, not a one-use plastic, it's not a single-use plastic tool at all, Um but i've not been as successful with a water pick for my petite so that's why i'm like the flossing kind of happens for me a lot
1: but yeah I'm, i
0: can't the water
1: me. pick will, won't do it for me but
0: it does for yeah. mom, um, but not for us yeah thank you
1: carl <laughs> oh and the other thing that i will say about dental lace is that it's um it's made in maine mm-hmm. so there's it's a very small company um and the woman who runs it apparently Um, is really receptive to customer suggestions. So I think um, when she initially came out with her product, it had, I forget, I think it was unwaxed or it had some type of wax on it that wasn't biodegradable and she replaced it with uh, candelilla wax. So it's a plant-based wax. So she is making an effort to get away from animal products as she can. It's just that, like I said, there is no um, non-plastic um vegan alternative to the silk right now but i'm kind of i'm thinking that there should be because there are scientists all over the world trying to replicate spider silk and spider silk is definitely biodegradable and it's super strong and if scientists can come up with a replacement for spider silk if they can come up with what that like what that is without you know having to actually get it from spiders then that's your thing that's going to replace
0: well, and Facebook, I really but. do feel like there's a lot of, there are so much work around certain plastics that are biodegradable without enzymes. I think that's the other thing is a lot of people think that um, plastic, biodegradable plastics are naturally just throw them in a compost bin and they'll work. But sometimes you need specific enzymes or certain conditions to get those plastics to break down. Um but they're getting better and better about it. The other thing about those things that are biodegradable, they have certain shelf life. So the strength and stability are not easy to manage. So I imagine the first thing that comes to my mind is if this woman is working on floss, she also is a small scale supplier. So she needs to buy something that's going to also withhold its shelf life for a little while. And yeah. silk so would work great for that versus if you got a biodegradable plastic, the half life on that, like the shelf life is really, they can become really brittle really fast Yep. If not perfect conditions or they might ship it to you and it might degrade because of a hot um, freight carrier, you know, like you never know. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. They're fi- scientists are figuring it out. There's a lot of research in getting biodegradable plastics and biodegradable um, goods better and with more uh, predictability. that so yeah. it will happen in our lifetime. I don't doubt that. I just feel like for now, This is a really good alternative. I'm excited to try it. I want to do this too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything I had. Same. Um, Let's. We'll talk in two weeks. More to come on Valentine's, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to find us or recommend us to others, uh, we are on to internets as stitchcraftsisters.com and on iTunes as the Stitchcraft Podcast. Uh, You can also find us. primarily on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters. Um, And we will have show notes up on our website. And, you know, we would love to hear your comments on um, things that you are interested in for Valentine's Day or things that you're interested in for a zero waste lifestyle. Um, You can comment either on Instagram or on our website. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you.